Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Good morning, good morning. It is the 31st of May, 2023. I'm Carmen LaBerge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. It's hour two. If you missed hour one, you can go back and listen to it at myfaithradio.com later today or on the Faith Radio app, which you should have on your phone. Absolutely. Um, All right, so one quick Pray the News headline. Oh, right, maybe two. Two quick Pray the News headlines today. Um, The debt ceiling vote is going to take place today in the U.S. House of Representatives. Um, At least we anticipate that happening at some point today, probably late tonight. Um, But it cleared a particular hurdle last night when the House Rules Committee voted seven to six to advance the debt ceiling bill um, to the floor of the House of Representatives. So that's going on today. I mean, if you are a a person who likes to watch political theater, C-SPAN is... (laughs) going to be your choice um, of viewing today. Um, The rest of us will probably be doing something else. So Rosalind Carter, former First Lady of the United States, wife of former President Jimmy Carter, um, the Carter Center announced yesterday that um, Rosalind um, is suffering. Well, I'm going to say suffering. I'm not even sure that that's true. She has dementia. We would use the term suffering, but it doesn't really sound like either of the Carters are suffering. They are, um, as the Carter's grandson, Jason, put it, coming to the end. Um, He notes that uh, his grandpa is going to be 99 in October um, and that his grandma um, is less and less connected from the reality of the day to day. But he says they're spending their last days together at home in Plains um, they're together. They've been together for more than 70 plus years and they wouldn't want it any other way. So, um, yeah, they're coming to the end. These are precious. This is a precious brother and sister in Christ. They have, um, served others so well throughout the course of their life. And so I think it's an opportunity for us to, um, thank God for the lives of those, uh, who have gone before us in really extraordinary ways. And particularly for our Sunday school teachers, both Rosalind and Jimmy, um, have taught Sunday school for years and years and years and years and years. In fact, he used to sneak out of the White House on Sunday mornings just so he could go teach Sunday school. And so um, be mindful of that. Um, to what lengths would you go um, to be able to be in the Word of God with others? Uh, and yeah, and just consider a life well-lived and, and time well-spent um, and let me ask this, what day is it? <clears throat> it depends who you are, how you answer that question, like your perspective, the events of your life, uh, the circumstances you're living in. What day is it? One of the things we can say is it's the last day of the month of May. It's May the 31st. It's uh, 2023, the year of the Lord. That's an opportunity for us to um, to talk about the year of the Lord and the year of the Lord's favor. It's Wednesday. Um, for some people, it's the first day of summer vacation. It's graduation day for some. Um, some will be giving... Uh, 
valedictorian speeches today, using the opportunity that God puts before them to declare the goodness um, of the gospel. And maybe it is the anniversary of your wedding, uh, if it's not your wedding day. Maybe it is your birthday. Maybe it's your rebirth day, the day upon which you celebrate your salvation. Um, It's certainly the day the Lord has made, and Scripture reminds us to rejoice and be glad in it, which brings us to this. Today is National Smile Day. It's National Smile Day. Have you smiled yet today? Are you smiling now? Can you hear me smiling? Uh, There's a great benefit to you and to others um, when you smile. The simple act of smiling can benefit you, can benefit your personal, your mental, your overall health. It actually releases endorphins into your bloodstream. Um, It it can alleviate stress. It can lower your blood pressure, which obviously can uh, help you live longer. So smile like I know, exercise the muscles in your face in a positive direction, right? Um, Smiling blesses others. It makes you more winsome. It changes the environment. It's contagious. So there you go. Uh, Kids today are also participating in the Scripps National Spelling Bee Day. So imagine that for just a moment and be thankful that you're not asked to spell anything like they're being asked to spell. This is the day the Lord has made. It's the day of salvation for some. Let's be prayerful and mindful in the midst of it. Jamie Goodwin's going to join us next. Um, We are going to talk about foster care. We're going to talk about your engagement uh, in foster care, either as a family or as a church family, and the calling of each of us and all of us to um, be mindful of and to reorient ourselves in the direction of caring for the least of these in our generation. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Joining us now, Jamie Goodwin from the Humanitarian Disaster Institute at Wheaton, um, where Jamie serves as an assistant professor of um, of leadership. And uh, Jamie is engaged in a number of um, research foci. Uh, and I'll just say that a lot of engagement on international philanthropy and bringing us today um, some encouragement on the foster care front. Jamie, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. So I want to highlight this piece at ChristianityTodayGot.com um, and talk a little bit about um, what is happening at Better Samaritan uh, and maybe introduce people to that who, for those who don't know. Um, so maybe let's start there. Like, what um, what is this Better Samaritan effort? Oh, sure. So in our department at HDI, we are studying, seeking to do good better. And we wanted to have an outlet for research and also a forum uh, for leaders across the country to be able to contribute. So we created this Better Samaritan, Learning to Do Good Better blog and podcast. I love that. So um, to find it, I'm, uh, I'm clicking on it now. If people want to go directly to the Better Samaritan, they can go to wheaton.edu, or you could just type in um, Better Samaritan blog, and it will, and and Google will find it for you. So this okay. piece that um that that's at ChristianityToday.com talks about orientation. So I just want to start with that, um that note. Um, when I think about the word orientation, uh, I'm thinking maybe at the beginning of a course of study, uh, the beginning of an exploration. I need to orient myself if I'm in a new place or I want to. Um, you know, check out something new. 
I literally have to orient myself. And so what you're challenging us to do is for those who are interested in foster care, which should be all of us, we should all be interested, that we need to orient ourselves. Um, talk about that. Yeah, what a great question. Um, I am a person who historically has had a lot of zeal. So if I hear that there's a problem to solve or you know a new future that's possible, I want to dive right in. And I'm finding across the course of my life that there's there are some sort of preconditions, some some work that I I need to do internally and and pray and think and and study with with uh, those that I love and those that I'm going to be collaborating with. And, and foster care is is um, can be the agony and the ecstasy, right? It's, it is a very it's very deep work. Uh, so so these preconditions, this, these orientations of our minds and hearts are especially important. When we think about um, foster care, one of the things that you talk about in here is God's good design for families, um, but that often breaks down. And so yeah. um, maybe talk about the reality um, of the family today, particularly in the United States of America. Um, nuclear families, it says in here, um, are now a privileged minority. It's not mm-hmm. the norm. Like, it's mm-hmm. not the norm anymore. What's the new norm for kids growing up today? Yes. Um, you know, we want to differentiate between the the sociological reality, these are the facts of the case, and, and what you said, Carmen, about God's design. Um, there are uh, uh, norms for children now, which, which are that they will be living in some sort of a forged family, some sort of family that comes together um, because of need. And um, a privileged uh, minority get to have um, this nuclear or traditional family that we hear about. And more and more uh, children are living with grandparents. Uh, children are being adopted. They're in foster situations. They're living in single parent households. They are uh, living with, with neighbors or kin that are somehow related. And uh, they're finding it a, a way to survive and, and with the grace of God thrive. But but it is not what one um, thinks of when they think of a traditional family situation. When we think about um, kids today, it might surprise you if you're engaged with your local community, it might surprise you to have a conversation with um, the social worker at your school. Like this is a person um, who you can go to and you can say, what's going on with kids in our community? What, mm-hmm. what is their lived reality? Um, and yes. so if you're listening right now and you're saying to yourself, I don't, I don't know any kid that's not living in a nuclear family, <clears throat> um, it's time for you to get reoriented to mm-hmm. reality. And so that's what we're encouraging. Um, we're encouraging today. We're trying to think more broadly and see more clearly what's happening around us that we might engage more effectively. So we're going to continue our conversation with Jamie Goodwin here in just a moment. We're talking about foster care. What, is it, what does it mean to orient our hearts and minds for effective foster care in the world today? You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and we'll be right back. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great faith radio podcasts like mine? Search Susie Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. You've probably seen a movie or heard a story about a child who has overcome significant adversity. Um, They 
somehow found themselves alone in the world and in need of um, a forged family. Maybe they were raised by grandparents. Um, Maybe they were raised by neighbors, somebody who passed uh, by and recognized, hey, that kid is literally on their own. Um, Do you know a child who is living right now outside of the context of a nuclear family? And how are you loving that kid? Um, We're talking specifically about foster care today. We're talking with Jamie Goodwin from uh, the Wheaton College Humanitarian Disaster Institute. And um, Jamie, the church is a forged family. Um, like So it seems natural that the church as a forged family might be well positioned to press into the need that kids have for forged families today. Can you make that connection for us? Indeed, yes. Um, I think if you have grown up in a church environment where you have friends, you have relationships, you have resources, you might uh, grow a little bit too accustomed to the the wealth of friendships that you have and support. And to leverage that, to sort of risk on uh, the people in our lives, be they children or otherwise who don't have that network, um, I think is a very Christian thing to do. It's, it is, you know, the gospel breaking in. So I would encourage churches, I would encourage individuals to, to consider it, to consider ways that, that they, could, they could take a risk on behalf of, of children who, who have no idea and can't imagine a, such a vibrant community of, of friends and caring adults. Um, this is a, it's always a timely conversation. Um, brief, brief us in on the numbers. Like, how many kids are we talking about who have no network of relationships because, uh, you know, they are growing up in a foster care system, which for many kids, it means a succession of fairly short-term um, relationships. Um, how many kids are we talking about? Yeah, um, across the nation is approaching 400,000. And um, those are very pressing needs. So the children that, you know, can't find a home there um, are, are placed into group home situations and, and uh, they're put into the best environments that they can. We actually have, um, for all of its challenges, a wonderful system. Um, boy, but is it a challenge. Uh, our own caseworker has uh, 29 children um, on her own caseload that, that, she needs to see and care for and and um, check in on every month. So it, it is a challenging situation. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Um, how does the church need to reorient itself, need to reorient herself in, um, in the way that we think in order that we might more effectively engage today with, with these kids? Yeah, I think, I think the, um, the beauty of of being a church is that um, we get to serve and and be a part of the life of this self giving God. So it's so generative and so inspiring and creative. The ways that that um, we can imitate God, and one of those is for the outpouring and extra love that that we have in our lives uh, that we have because we're part of the church. We can either keep that, you know, and it kind of becomes stale, or we can just continually find ways to pour that out. And I would say that that there are few better ways than that a church could could really pour out itself 
kind of an imitation of, of how God gives himself than, than for the lives of these children in our communities. We don't have to go far. They're really in every neighborhood in the United States. When you talk about um, caring while seeking understanding, um, help us develop this healthy desire to understand. I mean, I just, I know a lot of people who just assume that they know. Um, but if you haven't lived this and you haven't lived it in, in like the current time period, you don't know. So can you help us? Um, because I think that's a, a huge part of what you guys do, not just on this front, but on so many fronts at the Humer- Humanitarian Disaster Institute. You like help us understand how little we understand. So walk around <laughs> a little like right, walk around a little bit in this uh, caring while seeking understanding component. Sure. It's um, so humbling and and so uncomfortable to realize that that um, we don't know. Uh, what we think we know. I am so quick to speak sometimes and slow to listen. I have um, friends, brothers and sisters in Christ who often encourage me, hey, Jamie, pass the mic there. You know, you've been a foster parent, but there are people who have grown up in the foster system. What what are you listening to? How are you hearing from them? Um, I'm a bit of an extrovert. So people will ask me a question and I will already start to form the answer in my head and speak. And uh, God is chastening me and, and um, encouraging me to, to do a lot of internal work and to invite him into spaces and to show me and to humble me um, uh, into this posture of, I want to understand and I want to help um, in a way that is informed by his word, uh, through the spirit and, and through, through evidence-based practice. I think, you know, really... Um, engaging in what we know now and in, in uh, social services as, as far as the research um, really is a, is, is stewardship itself. It's, it's observing the science, which is uh, uh, part of God's creation um, in a systematic way. Um, so I think that there uh, is, is a lot of room for us to do good better by seeking to act as well as seeking to understand the communities that we're serving. I want you to touch on, and again, uh, if you guys are listening right now and you want these resources, um, you can shoot me an email and I'll send you the direct link. But there's a piece posted at ChristianityToday.com entitled Orienting Our Hearts and Minds for Effective Foster Care. And you can get from there to the Better Samaritan blog as well. Um, but the entire article has all kinds of resources, uh, particularly in this area of of how we need to reorient ourselves as a church in order to more effectively engage um, with children and families in the foster care system today. Um, but I want to um, highlight this bef- before uh, our time runs out, Jamie, and that's the issue of trust. Can you just speak to that? Sure. Uh, Particularly for children who have been in the foster care system, oftentimes one of their main issues is blocked trust, and it comes from from experience. So just imagine how your brain would work if you, um, you know, didn't know an adult that you could trust or you had seen through experience that you needed to always go with your gut and figure out, you know, what the best thing to do was, even, even if you're, you know, a young child of five or six, you were kind of 
on your own to figure out what was best for you. It would take a while for you to, to again, um, trust adults. And many of the children, I would say, all of the children that are in the foster care system have these issues of, of trust being blocked. And many times when they act out, um, their body is kind of taking over their, their um, logical reasoning um, in order to, to help them survive, which is actually a good thing. It's been very necessary for many of them in the past. Mm. Jamie, um, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for what you're doing day in and day out um, at the Humanitarian Disaster Institute at Wheaton. And we appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Carmen. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Let's take a break for Breakpoint. Do you need a reset, like a reset button? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice if you just like a button and... You could just push the button and everything would reset to like, I don't know, joyful, happy stasis. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, Deborah Folletta has joined us before. She's going to join us again. We're going to talk about reset, powerful habits to own your thoughts, understand your feelings and change your life. Yeah, if you need a reset, this is going to be a conversation you're not going to want to miss. That's up next. You're on Mornings with Carmen. All right. Um, while we're uh, while we're waiting for Deb to join us, let me just read you in on this because you're hearing lots of um, news about what is happening in Los Angeles and uh, in relationship to the Dodgers' decision to honor the so-called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence during the team's upcoming Pride Night game. And so, I want to give you a counter narrative to that, and I want uh, to give you uh, you know a direction in which you can pray and encourage. So. Um, there is a pitcher for the L.A. Dodgers whose name is Clayton Kershaw, and he is a Christian. And so in response to this, he has approached the Dodgers organization about expediting um, and relaunching the club's Christian Faith and Family Day. As a response to the fact that uh, the Dodgers have a pride night, Kershaw argues, hey, we ought to also relaunch the Christian Faith and Family Day that the Dodgers um, used to host at Dodger Stadium. And so um, uh, apparently the, the Christian event uh, took place uh, as a part of the annual schedule in the Dodgers promotional calendar before COVID-19, and um, he wants to see it relaunched. And, um, and so I think that this is a, like, this is a positive response, right? Um, you know, we're, he's not, he's not saying that the, the team doesn't have the right to have a pride night. He is arguing that if we're going to have a pride night, then might we also, um, announce the relaunch of the Christian faith and family day at Dodger stadium. So here's the good news. It's going to happen. It's relaunching on July the 30th. So there you go. There's a um, a positive headline um, to balance the very negative headline out there and maybe uh, a way to think about our Christian engagement today. Deborah Folletta is joining us now. She's the author of many books, but we're going to talk today about Reset, Powerful Habits to Own Your Thoughts, Understand Your Feelings, and Change Your Life. Deb, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Oh, thanks for having me. 
So let me just say this. I don't actually have to look in the mirror um, to see and feel and know that I have problems. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to hear that. Not everybody probably could say the same, though, Carmen. So I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. So um, so let's talk about that. Like, I I know that I don't just have problems. I know that, like, it's I am the problem that I have. So can you could you just talk a little bit of the, the problem is not actually on the surface. It's not about whether or not I can see it in the mirror. It, it's me having this knowledge that I got a problem that lies beneath the, sea, the surface of my skin. Right. And I think that's a healthy place to be. You know, I, I'm more concerned when people can't find something in their life that they want to change or transform. And, and, you know, maybe we don't even have to call it a problem, but just a habit or a behavior or something that they need to shift and change something that God is calling them to heal and adjust in their life. And, and the problem is oftentimes when we want to change something, we start with external behavior and we wonder why it doesn't work, you know, because willpower only takes us so far because it eventually runs out. So if we really want to heal, we've got to do it differently. We've got to start from the inside out. All right, so let's um let's talk about that. Let's talk about starting from the inside out. And you say before I start, I need to pause. What do yeah. I need to pause and how do I do that? So so Reset is a book of 31 practices. And I think it kind of throws people off because it's these 31 practices of healing and change, but when you open the book, the very first practice is to pause, to be still, to actually there's actually an exercise in there. To, to cause you to pause and stop. And and the reason we're pausing is because sometimes we're so distracted by the external noise. We're so distracted by everything going on around us. We live in such a go, 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 go culture that we don't really have the time to to look in and see what God is telling us, to look in and see what we're feeling and thinking and how we're doing and what needs to actually begin to shift in our life. But if we don't take the time to align our heart with God's heart and, and tune into what he's telling us, like, hey, this is an area of your life that you need to work on. This is something that I want you to adjust. And what's interesting is the things we think need to change might not always align with what God wants us to change, which is why it's important for us to be still and stop and pause and reflect on where we're at, how we're doing, and what God is calling us to do differently. Um, I love I love this. You say, uh, pause for a moment and listen. Hear exactly what God wants you to change in the present. Understand where you've made mistakes in the past and see um, what you're being called to do as you look to the future. Um, can you explain um, a little bit uh, about the past mistakes part? Like, why does it matter that I look back in order to address what's going on inside me now? Yeah. So the most important equation for change is this. Thoughts lead to feelings, which lead to behaviors. The entire premise of Reset is all about following that equation, understanding that your thoughts lead to how you feel, and then your feelings impact how you behave. So your thoughts, are where we have to begin. If we start with the behaviors, the the, the change isn't going to last long. And oftentimes, in particular in the church, oftentimes we, we really do look 
towards behavior change. Like, I just got to tweak this behavior, stop doing this, do this a little bit more without really getting to the root. And when we talk about our underlying thoughts, oftentimes they're influenced by experiences from the past, by disappointments that we've been through, by trauma, by hurts, by past wounds, all those opportunities that the enemy came in during our most vulnerable moments to plant lies that we end up believing. And those lies impact how we feel about ourselves, about the world, about God, about others, which then lead to certain behaviors. So when we're, for example, when we're feeling ashamed, we're not feeling good enough, all of a sudden we find ourselves going to things such as addictions or unhealthy behaviors or toxic relationships, but it all boils down to our thoughts and our belief system. And so that's why addressing things from the past is such an important part of the process of healing. All right, we're talking with Deborah Folletta. And yes, we do have copies of Reset to give away today. To enter the drawing, you go to myfaithradio.com slash book, myfaithradio.com slash book to enter the drawing for the copies of Reset that we are giving away today. Um, Deb, when you talk about change from the inside out, yeah, um, what's the role maybe of confession? If I want to live free, um, if I don't want to live in constant, like, just just constant response to this shame cycle, right? yeah. if I want to break free of that, what what role does confession play? Well, I I like to say that confession is the process of revealing what needs to be healed. It's our way of acknowledging God already knows, right? He already knows. Like he sees it and he knows what we need to adjust and change and heal. But I don't think we partner with him until we confess, until we acknowledge, until we get on the same page. In Reset, I call it owning your junk. And we have an entire chapter all about what it looks like to acknowledge where we're at, how we're doing, and what we really need to change. I think it's so easy to acknowledge what everybody else needs to change, you know, like my husband needs to change this, my kids need to change this, my coworkers. But true healing starts when we get to a point where we say, okay, what's my role? What am I bringing to the table? How can I begin the process of healing and partnering with God? And, you know, I think of when Jesus met the paralytic man at the pool of Bethesda, and and he looked at him and he asked him, do you want to be healed? And I think God is asking us the same question. Do you want to be healed? Do you really want to be healed? Do you even see something in your life that needs to be healed? Because it's easy for us to say, yeah, I want healing. But sometimes we actually want comfort more than healing. Sometimes we actually want familiarity more than healing. And so for us to actually own our junk and be able to say, yes, I confess, this is what's going on in my life and this is what needs to change. It's truly the first step towards change and healing. Mm, so good. Um, we're going to continue our conversation with Deborah Folletta here in just a moment. The book is Reset, Powerful Habits to Own Your Thoughts, Understand Your Feelings, and change your life. There are um, 31 tools or practices that Deb outlines in this book and gives um, gives you just really great examples and resources along the way. One of those is how we might each and all use um, the 12 steps of 12-step of recovery programs. And so we're going to talk next about how all of us 
each of us um, can can utilize those particular practices in terms of resetting the way that we think and therefore the way that we live. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation with Deborah Folletta, you can find Deborah at Deborah Folletta, F-I-L-E-T-A dot com. We're talking today about her latest book, Reset, Powerful Habits to Own Your Thoughts, Understand Your Feelings, and Change Your Life. You can enter the drawing for the copies we're giving away today at MyFaithRadio.com slash book. Let's talk about um, one of the tools or resources that you commend to us in this process, and that is, you know, 12-step recovery programs. Um, and, you know, I got to say, Deb, there are definitely people listening right now who are like, what? That's only for addicts. <laughs> Talk with us about like getting over the mental hurdle of using a tool that we think was designed for someone else. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because throughout Reset, I pull different practices that correlate to some of the 12 steps because the truth of the matter is healing is not our idea. Healing is not something that we come up with. Healing is something that, that God comes up with. Healing is something that is outlined in Scripture. Uh, for example, the practice of owning our thoughts and, and, and really starting to analyze how healthy or unhealthy our thoughts are is straight from Scripture. You know, Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Well, that's talking about behavior. So how? How? Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world by the renewal of your mind. If you want to change your behavior, you start with the renewal of your mind, how you think. Because what is going on underneath the surface of your life is fueling your feelings, which is then fueling your behavior. So so we're not just taking the 12 steps at face value. We're seeing them through the lens of God's Word and the truth of God's Word and the truth of healing that God outlined and I really believe when we do it that way, we, we enter into the process of healing in a way that we never have before. When you, um, when you talk about um, asking for help, um, there's just a lot of people for whom that is really hard. Puts us yeah. obviously in a vulnerable position. So maybe some tips for those of us who find it hard to ask for help. Yeah, I think it is hard to ask for help, and and most people would say it's out of fear. You know, they don't want to be embarrassed. They're afraid that they'll get rejected. They're afraid to be vulnerable. They're afraid to come across as needy. But life is not a one-player game, and I think that the truth is God gave us community for a reason. We were meant to heal in relationships together in, in moving towards Him, and I think there is such value in having a community surrounding you in the process of healing, whether it's something small, like you want to lose 10 pounds 
or whether it's something significant like you're addicted to pornography and you're struggling. You've got to heal in the context of community. You cannot heal in isolation. The truth of the matter is, you know, we don't get hurt in isolation, right? Trauma doesn't Mm. usually happen in isolation. Hurt doesn't happen in isolation. Pain doesn't happen in isolation. So therefore, healing also has to happen in the opposite of that, which is healthy community. And so even just reaching out to one person, uh, working with a licensed counselor, you know, somebody who loves God and, and, and wants to help you heal. We've got an incredible team of counselors at the Deborah Slata Counselors Network, people that can walk alongside of you and help you heal, whether it's a pastor or a mentor or a friend. Uh, just remember, life is not a one-player game, and healing does have to happen in community. Okay, tell us about the Counselor Network. Yeah, we, you know, I'm so grateful. Last July, we opened a team of, of counselors who are led and trained and supervised by me. There are 16 licensed counselors. We even have reduced rate counselors for those who, who budget might be an issue. And all our sessions are via Zoom. So you can meet with a Christian counselor from the comfort of your own home and, and begin the process of healing from any personal or relational issue. I, you know, I'm just so grateful lately because I, I'm just seeing counseling become such a, a normal part of the church, whereas, you know, maybe 20 years ago it was kind of like, what is this and is this even biblical? But being able to, to pair God's unchanging truth and integrate it with the best of counseling and, and really help people heal in a significant way. Uh, one of the things you're going to find at DebraFaletta.com is uh, a connection to this counseling network. And I like the way that you phrase this. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're healthy. Like, right? Doesn't, yeah. Being a Christian doesn't make us immune to hardship, struggles, stressors, deep pain that comes with life. So if you're listening right now and um, and that's something that you would benefit from, uh, encourage you to connect with the counseling network at DebraFaletta.com. Um, maybe we'll circle back to one more question here about the book. Um, what does it mean to check in on my own emotions? And then how do I do that? I mean, you say, if you don't check in, you'll check out. So how do I check in on my own emotions? Well, emotions are constantly brewing underneath the surface of our lives. You know, human beings are like a volcano and all of that stress and emotion and pressure just kind of builds underneath the surface. And if we don't release it in a healthy way, it eventually builds to the point where that pressure has to go somewhere. And it ends up finding the point of least resistance and coming out in our lives in what I call an emotional explosion. And that could look like a panic attack or depression or, or unhealthy habits and behaviors, addictions, relationship conflict, you know, what some people might call a mental breakdown. Like the emotions come up to the surface of our lives and we've got to learn to look in and really understand what our feelings are telling us. Something I like to explain to my clients is that feelings are not bad or good. Feelings are just a signal. Feelings are God's way of telling us, hey, there's something in your life that you need to pay attention to, something you need to be aware of, something you need to tune into or adjust. Uh, And that's exactly what the role of feelings are. And I think if we demystify feelings and, and just start to realize that they're literally a signal, telling us something, explaining something, pointing something in our lives out that needs attention. You know, they're not as scary anymore. They're not as, we, we, we don't have to be afraid of our feelings and we can begin to lean into them and see what God might be revealing to us through all the different things that we're feeling underneath the surface. 
Can we close with you encouraging us to shift our story? Um, I think when somebody, you know, when I ask somebody to tell me their story, they're like, what, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? I can make a choice every time I'm sharing something. I'm, I'm telling a story. Um, and right. so can you, can you help us with that? What does it mean to shift my story? Our mindset matters so much in how we see the world. Our mindset is like the, the pair of glasses, the lens that we put on to see the world. And some people put on a lens that's, you know, rose-colored, and they see the world through a rose-colored lens, and they see the best in people and the best in situations. Other people pick up a pair of glasses that's cracked and, and dirty and dusty and, and blurry, and they see the world through this negative mentality. And like I said earlier, oftentimes it's influenced by the hurts that we've gone through in the past, the disappointments, the shattered hopes, the grief, the hard things that we've been through. And if you're one of those people that's constantly looking at the glass half empty and feeling like a victim and, and, and all you can see is the hardships around you, I think that in and of itself points to the fact that there are probably some things in your life that are influencing the lens to which you see the world, some things that need healing and adjusting and perspective and hope. Because honestly, that's what, that's what this, the Bible is all about. That's what Jesus is all about is seeing this world for what it is. It's difficult, but seeing it through the lens of hope, seeing it through the lens of, of overcoming, seeing it through the lens of victory, because that's exactly what Jesus said. In this world, we will have trouble, but he has overcome the world. And so we've got to really take ownership of our mindset and make sure we're seeing life through a lens of power rather than through a lens of pain. So good. It's so good. Um, Deborah, thank you so much for being with us today. You guys can connect with Deborah at DebraFiletta.com, F-I-L-E-T-A. You can also connect there with the Counseling Network, the book we've been talking about today, Reset, Powerful Habits to Own Your Thoughts, Understand Your Feelings, and Change Your Life. We're giving away copies to enter the drawing. Go to MyFaithRadio.com slash book. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. All right, what day is it? It is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It is a short week uh, because of Memorial Day. So uh, it's, you know, the week's technically the middle of the week, but it's, you know, it's only a four-day week. So it's like really half over at the end of the day. It's also the last day of May. Um, But it's also the day the Lord has made. It's the day of salvation for someone. When you When you think about today... How might you lift it up and live into it in a way that um, has this holy expectation that God's going to bless you, see you, hear you, use you, heal you? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh right now upon my friend. Fall afresh. Grant perspective and grace and healing and forgiveness and opportunity, and love, and peace, and patience, and joy. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh today. My friend, have a great day, and God bless. 
Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.